0: chapter 9. I want you to go to verse um, verse 14. Um, We're going to be in the New Living Translation. Oftentimes, I'm always preaching in the New King James, but for the purposes of the text, I wanted to use the New Living Translation. I'm excited to kick off this new series with you. And I will talk about it in one second once we read the scripture. All right. So verse 14, it says, when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. Jesus says this. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. Verse 17 says, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this great, I mean, excuse me, whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid so i asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit but they couldn't do it verse 19 it said jesus said to them you faithless people how long must i be with you how long must i put up with you bring the boy to me jesus like come on bring bring him bring the bring your boy verse 20 says so they brought the boy But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, convulsion, excuse me, and he fell to the ground, uh, um, rhythm and foaming at the mouth. Verse 21 says, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, that's a long time. The Spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us. Help us. Here's the key word, if you can. Jesus, in verse 23, I just love how he responds. He says, What do you mean if I can? Jesus asks, Anything is possible if a person believes. And verse 24, do we have verse 24 there? It says uh, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome. My unbelief. I'll stop there for tonight. So we are starting a new message series called "Convinced." This message series was really impressed upon me by the Holy Spirit. He began to impress this series upon me about talking about uh, being convinced. Uh, and the purpose of this message series, ladies and gentlemen, is to challenge and build up your faith in what. Uh, b- uh, challenge and build up your faith in what we believe about God. Are you hearing me? Because I would like to let you know that everybody who comes to church, not everybody is on the same belief system. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, are coming thinking, are are, are not uh, fully convinced about the God of this Bible. Right. Uh, God began to impress upon me through the Holy Spirit that he began to teach. He began to tell me that professing believers who are impartial when it comes to what I have. uh, uh, There's a lot of believers professing believers who are impartial when it comes to what they believe about me my word and my power there are some believers who only believe some of the book of the bible they don't really read all of it or believe all of it then there's other believers who do hold fast to scripture but everybody is not fully convinced when they come in our doors or really fully convinced when it comes to god or if god is even real that's why you have atheists, because they, they want to prove to you and try to convince you that God is not real. When the when creation speaks of the creator and that there was a cre- that there is a creator and that creator is found here as the God of the Bible. Uh, uh, the earth was without form. It was not some type of big bang theory that they teach you in school. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's just use common sense. How this mess create more mess like it doesn't make sense how big cosmic thing just all of a sudden no that is not how all of this came to be it had to take someone of divine uh, uh, a divine capability and ability to put all of this into motion and then there and then listen then we go one step further there's people who believe that you came from a dolphin a elephant maybe a monkey that you came from evolution. If that is the case, why we have not evolved in something else? The very fact of the matter is that Charles Darwin spent most of his life trying to convince other people about evolution. And then they fail to realize and that they don't teach in schools is that by the end of Darwin's life, he begins to say, you know what? I think I got this all wrong. And then they still have people who are trying to convince you about this foolishness. But they say the God of the Bible doesn't make sense. Your ideology does not make sense. Are you hearing me? And here's what I'm saying this for Convince means to move by argument or evidence to belief. So it is what you hear from it is in reading this and looking at the evidence of the word of God, which is the infallible proof of uh, the infallible word of God. So here it is. This is the evidence by listening to messages is about moving then into a place of believing. All right. Being fully convinced. Amen. So by the end of this message series, I pray that you hear the arguments that are put before you the evidence that are put before you about who God is his power and his word because let me tell you something if you are not fully convinced ladies and gentlemen if you're not fully convinced of the power of God if you're not fully convinced in who God is for your life you are going to miss out ladies and gentlemen on what he can do in your life Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you this now tonight. God, we are raising up a people here at TCF who is fully convinced that nobody can suede you in doctrine. Nobody can suede you to the right or to the left. But you believe in the God of the Bible because you have the evidence of how he's worked in your life say you can't uh, the old folk used to say you can't tell me nothing about them. I know too much about him you can't make me doubt them. because I know too much about him I know too much about him this ain't just uh, uh it's just not uh, one of these cliches that we throw around but if you really are convinced in the God that you serve and the power that he has to save your life the
1: greatest miracle that you can put to the sign that God is real that he was able to change and save your life and if you're not convinced of the saving power Power of God look at you and how God took you from where you are to where you are now and when you realize where you are now there gotta be a God to bring me out of the pit I was in all
0: right so it says my, my goal in this series is to be like second Corinthians chapter five verse 11 as the apostle Paul said this is my job to you During this series, it says, so because we stand in awe of the one true Lord, we make it our aim to convince all people of the truth of the gospel. I want to convince you of the truth of the gospel. God sees who we really are. And I hope in some way that you'll look deeply in your consciousness. To see us as well. So God knows who I am as a man of God. I pray that you also would know the same to me, that you'll look deep in your conscience to understand that what I'm gonna give you is truth. It's the facts. And I pray that you look at my life, not being perfect, but looking at my life as I'm staying and remaining in Christ, that you would follow me as I follow Christ. You should follow nobody who's not remaining in Christ. Here's what the key word I said. I said, I'm not striving for holiness. I'm remaining in holiness. I don't gotta strive for nothing that God has already made available to me. I don't gotta strive to. Uh, I don't gotta strive for righteousness when it's already been made available to me. I just gotta remain in it. So in Mark chapter nine, I gotta move because I don't want you in here long. Mark chapter nine, ladies and gentlemen, it is such an amazing chapter. Uh, in the very first uh, verses between Mark chapter one uh, uh, through verses uh, before you get to verse fourteen. Uh, We see that uh, Jesus took three disciples with him, Peter, James and John, uh, to the Mount of Transfiguration Uh, for the past couple of weeks. I know we're not dealing with this particular text or that particular section, but I've been trying to understand this. Particular verse. So he's there. I don't have time to go into it. But uh, in those chapters, he took them on the Mount of Transfiguration and they begin to see the glory of God. They saw Moses and Elisha. He saw Moses, who was the giver of the law, and they saw Elijah, who is known as the, one of the greatest prophets to ever live. All right. So he sees these two and that they wanted to be there. Uh, I believe Peter said, well, let's make up tents. Let's stay here. No, the glory is not for you just to stay in it. The glory is for you to be active in it as well. See, God doesn't show you his glory for you to stay the same and just to stay there. No, God shows you his glory to empower you to move forward. Are you hearing me? So they come down from the mountain and while coming down, listen, How many of you say, I had such a great time in the presence of God. I'm coming home from the presence of God and I'm coming into foolishness. Do you see the text? I've come out of the glory of God. I'm coming. I'm going back home. I'm feeling great about this. I wish I could have stayed there, but we couldn't. So I go there and I'm here, right? I'm here and we come into some foolishness. The foolishness that we have now came into, ladies and gentlemen, is, watch this, is that the scribes are getting into an argument with the the, the nine, the nine other disciples that were there. So Peter, James, and John went with Jesus, so the nine, the rest of them, were left behind. So with them being left behind, the scribes then came into arguing with them. Right. Because what happened was, is that a man that we know his name, we don't have his name. We don't know where he's from. We don't know his we don't know uh, how old he is. But we know from Luke chapter nine that he has a son and his son that he has is his only son. He has no other son. Luke chapter nine also puts this account. Uh, we find that out from Luke chapter nine that he, this is his only son. And so his son is possessed with a violent demon, right? A violent demon that every time that he comes, it's trying to kill him. It's trying to destroy his son. And the father's doing what only he knows what to do. Take him to where he could get some help. And so because he was really going to look for Jesus, but he was still stuck with his disciples, his disciples were trying to cast out the demon, but they couldn't. So what happens is, is that the scribes, who we would call the Pharisees or the Sadducees, are then trying to discredit the disciples in hopes that it will discredit the ministry of Jesus. All right. Are you following me? So they're trying to discredit Jesus. They're trying to discredit him by discrediting his disciples because the demon, huh, I thought y'all hung around that powerful God. Why that demon ain't coming out of him? And so they're trying to embarrass them. They're trying to humiliate them. They're trying to have the crowd turn from Jesus and turn on their side. But as Jesus comes down, ladies and gentlemen, you will begin to realize in the text is that a great crowd surrounded because they were convinced but really not all of them were convinced see there's different people in every crowd there's some who are convinced who genuinely want to see jesus and then there's other people who just want to see the miracles they just want to see They're they're impartial when it comes down to this whole christian thing and they just want to see if this thing is actually real they want to see is this really the man that they've been talking about? See, it's like a restaurant. When somebody's been raving about the restaurant, you say, okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, they got a good food, what they serve. All right, all right, cool, cool, cool. It's not that you're convinced in going to the restaurant it's the, or convinced about how great it is. You say, all right, out of my curiosity, let me see what's going on. So if I see what's going on out of my curiosity, I want to hope that it convinces me to keep going there. Oh, my God, help me in this room tonight. And so here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen, is that in chapter here in this chapter, they begin to see it. And and Jesus is saying, what is all the fuss about? What are y'all arguing about? So the man, the father then says, what this whole commotion was over anyway, that I I, I brought my son who was heavily demon possessed since he was a kid and he'd been foaming at the mouth. Uh, This demon is violently trying to take him out and your disciples couldn't do nothing about it. So then we find out what the real deal is about. Here is where Jesus has us at today. And that very verse is found in Verse 19, Jesus said to them, you faithless people. There's there's different types of you have the father, you have the disciples, you have the scribes and you have the crowd. And Jesus is rebuking all four of these groups of people. Jesus is rebuking the disciples for their weak faith. Jesus is rebuking the father because of his unbelief. Jesus is rebuking the crowd because they're worldly. Jesus is rebuking the scribes is because they're religious. And, oh, my God. And the funny thing is religious people have so much to say, but they can't put their, oh, my God. They can't pray for you. To uh, they, they didn't do anything to help the situation. They just wanted to complain about it. They didn't do anything. My thing is, is, all right, if I'm not doing it, why don't you try to pray for the boy and see if he come around? But they understand they don't have no power because they don't believe in the power of God. Are you seeing this? He's saying you faithless people. In other words, what Jesus is saying, you people have no faith. You don't believe. Here's what I'm telling you. Convinced is all about where is your belief level? Even if you have a faith the size of a mustard seed, you have to believe in order for that little bit of faith to, you know, take root. Are you hearing me? Jesus is coming at us and rebuking us for where is your faith level? Here's the deal. We, ladies and gentlemen, in this generation, I would consider to be faithless because we can run to any other thing but God. Because you are not convinced that God is the real answer. For the problem you have. You are not convinced. That Jesus is the solution. For your problem. You are only convinced. That Jesus is the the solution. For some things. But not all things. That's what you believe. I'm coming for our belief system today. I'm coming to challenge you. Where is it in your life. Where you actually are convinced about God. And what are the areas that you are not convinced that he can help you with? Because guess what? If you're not convinced in those areas, then you won't never see the power of God operate. All right. So he's rebuking them. Why is he rebuking them? Let me show you a couple of things. Unbelief does not please God. He's not pleased by it. Why? Jesus said this statement because he was grieved. He was grieved in his spirit because there was no faith present. There was no faith present. Ladies and gentlemen, let's look at it. All right, so the man is coming, the father is coming with his child. So he believes God to some extent, but he does not believe in the power of God. How do I know this? Because it says it clearly in verse 23. He says, if you can do anything. If you would want to, and Jesus is saying, what do you mean if? I, if I can, what do you mean? What is that? What type of question is that? See, God is, Jesus was not moved because of this man's, uh, uh, he wasn't moved. He had unbelief. It did not please God. It did not please God of his, of his unbelief, of, of his faithlessness. Because here's why, because unbelief shows that there is a distrust Unbelief does not please God because it no, also it does not bring him glory. God gets no glory out of it. Unbelief shows a distrust towards God and his promises. All right. Some of us, uh, when unbelief arises in certain circumstances, acts as if God is not there. That's what pretty much you being faithless is all about. Because when circumstances arise, it's almost like you act as if that God is not there and you act like you're all alone in the situation. See, that's why God doesn't like that, because you have now exalted something over his power. The Bible then says, let us cast down every thought, every imagination that exceeds itself over the thought of God. And so every time you do that, you have now exalted something that has no power over the God you serve. Most of us in this room, including myself, when it comes down to certain situations, we will get so nervous and bent out of shape and act as if God is not our father. We will act like we are orphans and orphans should not expect to receive an inheritance from the father. But since you are a son and daughter of God, I have a legal right to be blessed. But are you convinced of that? (laughs) Some people are not so convinced and I'm getting too far in my next week's message. You're not so convinced because you still in shame. You still in condemnation and you allow the enemy to have something. You allow the enemy to let you still wear something that God has then took away from you. But you still like to put it back on and wear the jacket of sin, condemnation, shame. God said, I didn't already remove that from you. Why do you keep bringing that up? But if you're not convinced that God has delivered you from that and that God has forgiven you from that, most of the time God has already forgiven you, but you ain't forgive yourself. All right. So, all right. So, so unbelief does not please God. Here's, here it go. Here, Hebrews 11, verse six to eight portion. uh, It says it like this. And without faith, it is what? So without faith is what? here the Hebrew writer said he didn't say it's difficult to please God he says it's impossible to please God there is no way in the world you can please God apart from faith you have to believe you gotta be convinced that's why unbelief does not move God because the only thing that moves God is faith the only thing that moves God is faith because it shows that you trust are you seeing this? So here's the different types of people we have. We have. All right. OK, let me get to this. OK, unbelief hinders our prayer life. Let me let me explain something to you. You have people who you, you have people who uh, who don't pray because they're not they're, they're not convinced that God hears them. Then watch this. You have other people who do pray and seek after God. Right. But they don't expect nothing from Him. So you have two sets of people, people who stay away from asking because they don't believe. And then you have people who actively seek, but they seek with not having any type of expectation that God is willing to do for us. How do I notice? again in verse 22? The man says, if you can. If, ladies and gentlemen, has the idea every time you see if it is a part, it's a it's a condition, it's a condition that's put with it. Like if you so choose or whatever, or you know, if you could do whatever you can do. It actually is the Greek word if any. He says if any. It comes from itis, but the word if in the Greek means I. So in other words, it's saying if or whatever. If any. If so, he's saying if you could do anything. You know, if you so choose, Jesus. You know, if you have a heart. You know please please God if you got a heart please please Lord <laughs> it's my boy Lord <laughs> if you have any mercy help a brother out I need some help please you know if you can listen Lord you know I needed I need a job Lord if you could please if you can Lord, you know I'm going short on money. If you, if you can please. And Jesus said, where is, listen, where is the faith in that? Come on, somebody, where is the faith in that? There's no faith in saying if you can. There's no faith. Here's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. You got to get the ifs out of your mind. Before I was preparing this message series, ladies and gentlemen, God began to visit me. And he began to tell me, he said, Brandon, if, what if I told you that your church can grow, that TCF can grow to 150 by the end of this year? Do you Are you convinced of that? And I said, yeah, I'm not sure about that. You know, I could see probably 25, 50, you know, by the end of this year. I don't really see 150. You're going to have to work with me on that But he's saying, but that's my point. You can't preach something that you don't believe. You can't, you can't cause people to, you can't galvanize people to get behind a vision that if I tell you that by the end of the year that can happen, you got to buy into it before you can say it oh come on somebody i'm trying to get people in this room to be so convinced that every promise that god has put on your life is a sure thing
1: it's a done deal hallelujah that whatever god releases in heaven though it may come through to attack from the enemy that it doesn't matter if it's held up or not the angels of the lord are going on your behalf to make sure it comes through
0: all right so here it is that some of us we pray with no expectation Because we have this whole, this idea that everyone has in the room that this, I don't want to get my hopes up. Where's the faith in that? I'm coming to challenge you. Let me, I just want to pray for this because I don't want to get my hopes up with praying for something bigger. So I'm just going to pray for this little thing here. But where's the faith in that? Because you're not really praying the true desires of your heart. You're praying from a place of doubt. That the rest of Hebrews eleven six 6 says that those who come to me must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. So in other words, you have to first believe you got to be convinced. And then you got to come with the expectation that he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. All right. It hinders prayers from being answered, I'm going to give you some Bible. James 1. Six through eight. It says, but let him ask in faith with no what? Oh, my God. I got, let me see what that says there. It says, but let him ask in faith with what? Oh, man. For it says, for he who doubts is like what? A wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Wow. For let not that man suppose that he will what?
1: What? What? Wow! This is
0: amazing. Look at this. Listen, I got the answer to why your prayers are not being answered. Because you are double-minded in your prayer. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything. Somebody who comes with unbelief, you should not expect to receive anything from God. Why? Because, but let him ask in faith. Let him ask being convinced with no doubting. Well, I prayed to God before. I prayed to him before, Reverend. In Rev, I didn't see it happen the last time. Well, I have a question for you. Number one, did you pray according to his will? Well, I feel like I did, you know, but, you know, well, did you pray according to his will? Did you diligently seek him in that? Or was it prayed from a place of your flesh? You must ask yourself the question, did God say yes about it? Did God not say anything yet? And you stopped praying because you were tired of of tearing in his presence to get an answer? What what was it? Did you stop praying too soon before the miracle came? Well, I prayed for a loved when they still passed. Those things happen. It's a real thing. We do not have, listen, we do not control, unfortunately. You know, if I could pray that my grandfather's still here, amazing. That don't mean that I'm going to stop praying just because that wasn't answered. That's because God, they served their generation in their time. Are you hearing me? He served his generation. So I could pray, but I still, I need to be changing my prayer. God, give me comfort in the situation. Are you hearing me? So I shouldn't expect to receive anything from God if I'm going to still play in the place of oh that one time that happened. No. Keep going. Don't stop because you didn't see something happen on the last time and you're like, "Oh my God, God is not real. He's a phony. He's a phony. You'd be like, Donald Trump, He's fake. Fake
1: <laughs>
0: He's a faker. My God, help me. Say, help me. me. Hallelujah. Listen, let me give you another thing. Unbelief will limit the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in your life. This is very important. Very important. Here, here, Here I want you to know that Jesus can only do but so much in your life. Only do but so much in your life because where there's unbelief present, he can't operate. That's why a lot of the supernatural is limited in your life. That's why you don't see as many, you don't see as many miracles and you don't really see as much favor because it's limited. Because of your unbelief. How do I know this? Because in certain regions, Jesus didn't heal everybody. Jesus couldn't do a lot of signs everywhere. Because where there is no faith, where there's no, where there's no faith, there's no miracles. Where there's no faith, there's no signs. Where there's no faith, there's no, there's no wonders because nobody trusts to see it. All right. How do I know this? Matthew 13, verse 58. I'll give you more Bible. Now he did not do many works there because of their unbelief. In this particular verse, it is referring to his hometown, Nazareth they could not he could not do as many works there because they were so tied up oh that ain't that mary's boy how is he talking like this how is he operating like this let me tell you something oh, this is this is a sidebar the very fact of the matter is there are some places that you can that you will be that you will go that they can't really receive you because they're still operating on old off information about who you are They still talking about who you were and who you used to be.
1: Yes, you are used to that person, but this is a new creation. And so when they see the new creation, they don't know how to respond to it. But they can see the difference in who you are. But they still want to keep you bound to a past. All right. And so because of their unbelief, God could not do any miracles
0: there because they just saw Jesus as the man, not Jesus as God. Jesus, you saw Jesus
1: as the little boy, but you didn't see him as God the man, hallelujah. That even when Jesus was 12, God, the Holy Spirit was upon him in the synagogues teaching them what he knew about his own self.
0: So my God oh my jesus in the room hallelujah i don't care
1: what you know about me you gotta receive me in my office you gotta receive me in my office of who i am and what i'm able to give because of something on your life is attached to me and because you attached to me there's blessings upon your life that can be released and unlocked because of who you are attached
0: to Uh, but if you see Brandon oh I remember he was a young boy I remember he used to preach when he was in the basement I remembered all of that stuff but when you receive me now it's a whole new different thing you know where I came from you know what how, what I have on my life and if you know it it can be favor you but if you still all right So look at look look at when people always want to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. We had a good time back then. Yeah, that's not what I do now. (laughs) Hallelujah. I still have a good time. I still know how to good time. But that ain't the type of good time I'm trying to have anymore. My life is on a whole different wave. It's on a whole nother wavelength. I don't care what you think. Oh, you ain't fun anymore. You don't got the turn up in you anymore.
1: I don't care what you think. This is a new man. This is a brand new man. And I ain't gonna be bound ever again. Be not enslaved by the yoke of bondage every but he the sunset, sets is free indeed all right
0: so as we come to a close as we come to a close so how do i overcome our unbelief so i can't talk to you so much about unbelief and not tell you how to conquer it are you hearing me in your life you will have moments of unbelief it will be a real thing but it matters about what you do with it i'm gonna give you point one you ready i want you to write this down must be honest with our doubts and cast them at his feet you got to be honest what i like about the man even though i beat him up for the last 20 minutes but i give respect to this man and this is why jesus showed compassion on this man why because he still came. And when Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? And Jesus put a condition on it. If you believe that, <laughs> like, if you would believe, all things are possible to those who believe. <laughs> Jesus did the same thing to Martha in John chapter 11, verse 40. Did not not tell you if you will only believe, you would see the glory of God. I want you to cast him at his feet. First Peter chapter five, verse seven. If you're ever going through a tough time, I want you to remember this verse. I'm telling you, it's going to help you. It says, casting all your care upon him for he, what, cares for you. (sighs) Casting all your cares upon him. So in other words, unbelief is a care. Whatever it is, cast it upon him. Whatever you have unbelief about, I want you, as Peter says, cast it upon him. There is no problem too big or too small that Jesus is not willing to listen to. And not willing to take on. How do I know this? Jesus says, for my burden is light, but my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy and my burdens are light. In other words, Jesus shares the yoke with you. That's what makes it easy. Before you were, uh, before you gave your life to Christ, the burden was all on you. Now that Jesus, now that you have accepted Jesus and made him Lord over your life, Jesus says, now I partner with you to carry the load. Not only does he carry the load, but you now have the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus went to the right hand of the father to make intercession for you. And then you have the Holy Spirit that didn't make intercession for you with moanings and groanings when you don't really know what to pray. Are you seeing? So you got back up all over the place. Are you seeing this? Is this helping you? All right. Let me give you another thing. Number two, we replace the ifs with God's word. Uh, you got to get it you got to stop being conditional with god if you can do this for me lord i promise i i just promise lord you just if i can just please win the mega million lord i promise if has anybody done that before i know i have you know on the recent thing i think people don't tell the truth you know i tried to play the mega million when it was a high thing just to be fun you know it's a fun thing you know I wanted to be in the number. I said, oh, but low and behold, there was just a little ounce of prayer that said, you "No, know, Lord, if you know, if I win this money, Amen. I would, I would be a good steward over it, Amen. I would, I would give to the church more than ten percent. I would give twenty. Oh Lord, I would help those in need, but I'm also in need, so." <laughs> Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> you know, it wasn't just me. My mom was also in the prayer as well. Amen. Like, I'm going to throw her on the bus because she was with me as well. She said, Brandon, you want to play the ticket? You don't mind? I said, well, you know, two two is better than one. <laughs> All right, right, let's let me give you some Bible to back this up. So faith is built up by the word of God. Romans 10, verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17. Write this down. Put it in there. It says, so then faith comes by hearing. And it says, and hearing by the word of God. Where you are not in an environment where you can hear the word of God, you will come into much trouble. Because you'd have to hear something for your faith to be built up. That's why it is not enough. So let me tell you something. You got to read this but you also got to be in an environment where faith is being preached. Not only in where faith is being preached, where your faith is being built up, but you got to be around, you got to be in an environment of people who are full of faith. Are you feeling me? You got to be in around an environment of people who are full of faith full of joy, full of expectation of what God is going to do. Because the Bible says in Revelations that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and each other's testimony and, 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 and testimonies. Are you hearing me? So you need to hear the testimonies of others. Yeah, I went through that. This is what I did. I'ma pray for you. How many of us actually are in environments that we can say that we genuinely have that? That's why it's a good place. I love this church. I love this church I love this environment I don't like being in environments where I feel like there's a whole bunch of dead people in there I don't like being in an environment where I feel like people just come to church out of obligation I don't like being in an environment that feel like Jesus ain't enough I don't like being in those environments because you're not encouraging me to want to stay in my walk you're encouraging me to get out of my walk if I look at you I look at you, you make me feel bad about being a Christian. Why are they smiling in the church today? Don't they know Donald Trump is in office? So what? Who cares? Who cares? Good Lord. You're gonna be mad? Why, why is she coming in dressed like that? Because God gave me some money and I'm gonna look like, I'm gonna look like. <laughs> y'all like trying to talk to me in this house tonight. Listen, I don't listen. You don't got to look bound. You don't got to look bound up. I don't listen. I don't care what you're going through. I don't got to look like what I went through. I don't got to look like that because I know God's word that I may be down for right now. We've been maybe enduring for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. All right. <laughs> listen, I don't care. I don't I don't care. I'm going I'm 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 going to I'm going to put the word of God to motion. Matter of fact, you need to start reciting various different things. And you know what? I'll put myself on assignment. I'm going to send out I want you to download the church's app this week. During this week, I'm going to send you over memorization verses that will help you with dealing will help you with unbelief. All right? So you can have faith. Are y'all ready? This week I'm going to make sure I send out send out memorization scriptures that you can tell yourself when you're feeling low when you're feeling like your faith is low so you can start saying scriptures to build up your faith amen because you have to replace the ifs with god's word you have to begin to replace the lies of the enemy with god's word you have to replace it with god's word you got to say over your life that even young lions go hungry but those who trust in the lord will not lack any good thing you got to begin to trust in the lord and all of you with all of your heart and not lean on your own understanding but acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your path if you're lacking wisdom in your life the bible says in james let oh my god let us ask for wisdom who is the father of lights you gotta begin to recite the scripture over your life If you're coming up against something and you need God's
1: strength, the Bible says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The scripture says in Philippians that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. you got to replace the ifs and the lies of the enemy with God's word. Yes, I may have fallen this week, but the Bible says that though my God to repent, they need therefore in the time of refreshing. All
0: right. All right. I gotta, I gotta recite them, right? You gotta replace ifs with God's word. You gotta, re, you gotta replace, because here's the deal. <laughs> when Jesus was at a moment of vulnerability and Satan was in uh, the wilderness with Jesus to tempt him, Jesus did not combat him with man's philosophy. He, combi- he, 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 he went against the enemy with his word. You cannot fight God, you, excuse me, you cannot fight the enemy on cliches. You cannot fight the enemy on cliches. Your cliches are not gonna, the enemy's gonna look at you and laugh. Oh, uh, look at this fool. He don't know no scripture. He don't even know John 3 16. He don't even know John three sixteen. 16. <laughs> he don't even know Psalm 23. Psalm 23 know that one Ah, all right i gotta go one last one one last one you ready this is the most this is not deep this is the most simplest thing ever just have faith wow that's (laughs) mind-blowing listen that's a deep thing right there just have faith the way you combat unbelief is having faith there's nothing deep about it how do i know this John chapter 10, verse 37 through verse 38, Jesus says, if, do not, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though, you do not believe me, believe the works. That you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. So he's saying, Jesus pretty much said, if, if you don't believe my work, the works of my Father do not believe me. If I do not do the works of my father, then don't believe me. But then he says, but if I do, though, you do not believe me, then believe the works then. All right. If you don't believe that I'm really doing my father's works and you don't believe, then just believe, just believe the works then. Have faith in, believe that then. What Jesus is saying, what Jesus is saying, if you're not convinced in me, if you're not convinced in the father, then you have to look at the evidence. Listen, when moments come in your life that challenge you in your belief system, you got to say, okay, what I know about God and the evidence of what I know about God points that I'm going to get out of this situation. You gotta listen. He, listen here. Joshua was instructed that, that they 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 made they they put they 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 they, they made a memorial of how Jesus, how God brought them through the Jordan. You have to begin to re- realize that if you journal, if you do every, anything like that, if you journal, you begin to look at old journals of how God brought you through then, and then when you look at where you are now, you just say, "Okay, if God brought me this far, God will continue to take me all the way." You got to remember, you got to remember what God has done. Hallelujah. And become and be convinced in that. You got to be fully convinced that is how you are going to conquer that unbelief. Because we're not here. Let me tell you something. We're going to have moments to arise. But if we got a faith filled people, you can. Oh, my God. You can conquer any mountain that stands in your way. There's there's an old song that says, we come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his word. He has not failed me yet. But you got to be convinced. You got to be convinced of this truth. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's not going to change up on you just like that. Jesus is not like a man. That's a great thing. I don't even need to go to he should lie. He he, he don't lie. I just go to that one. He's not like a man. Why is that good? Because us humans change aren't as fickle as the weather. I don't need a person like that. I need a person that's consistent through the change. And that's Jesus. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Look at somebody say, you got to be convinced. You got to be convinced. If you don't know, if you don't know Jesus in the room, I offer Jesus to you. After hearing this presentation of the word of God tonight, I offer you the Jesus of this Bible. That if you put your faith in him, I promise you, he will do a work in your life.